0: I am going to pick up today where I left off last week, and it seems completely out of character with the Sunday that precedes Christmas. But our lesson will bring us around uh, to Luke chapter two, which is the birth of Christ. It will bring us around to that, and it's going to. But I'm bringing that around toward the latter part of our Bible lesson. What I'm going to do, not not as a different lesson, same lesson, altogether one. What I want to do is pick up where I left off last week so we can tie last week with this week because we are coming to the end of the year and we're coming to the close of our study in the book of Revelation. And uh, we've only got a couple more lessons to go after this. And uh, I just want to talk to you a little bit about uh, this Subject here that we're going to be looking at today, which is the thousand years of peace. Now, if you'll hand out those lessons for today, this is the lessons for today that you'll be receiving here. And while they're getting that, I'll see if I can focus this on the overhead here for us. And getting it lined up. Try not to touch the wrong thing. And I want to zero in on the the main lesson itself. This is what we'll be looking at right here. And following Armageddon will be a thousand years of peace. Now, I want to wrap it up by just wrapping up the, the latter part of our lesson last week, which was about Armageddon. Uh, let me show you this chart while I'm doing it here. This is what we call the timeline chart. This is, uh, starts with Adam, way over here in the beginning to the left-hand corner. The Old Testament was a period of about 4,000 years to Calvary, and then from Calvary until the coming of the Lord is about 2,000 years. We know that from Scripture in Hosea 6 too. And then there's the tribulation period, if you'll notice at the bottom there, the tribulation period is mentioned right here. Now we have the Book of Revelation uh, put in this form, in this chart, and it shows you a little bit more of the detail. We've been studying here, excuse me, we've been studying here about the last seven years of the tribulation period, in which the Jewish people will turn back to God during that period of time, and then the latter part, the Antichrist will rule right in here. And the Jews will become God's people on earth again, during this period of time. And they will accept Jesus Christ. And I'll show you some verses on a verse from that in a few moments, but they will be the people of God and the antichrist will persecute them. They will be the people the antichrist will persecute. And then at the end of that last seven years, that last half, which is three and a half years, the Lord will come back with 10,000 of his saints. We studied that last week in Revelation chapter nineteen, where the, he would come back and Armageddon is spoken of extensively. We gave you a paper that talked about characteristics of Armageddon it's mentioned all through the Old Testament, mentioned in numerous places <clears throat> and uh, we won 't go into that, but that is concerns uh, concerns Armageddon now uh, to if you look at your uh, if you look at your notes, I'm gonna move this now because we're gonna go in now to Armageddon and we're gonna go into the 1,000 years of peace here. This is what we're gonna be looking at. 1,000 years of peace is coming on the face of the earth. So we're going back to the lesson that we had that we handed out to you. And if you look at uh, number one there, following Armageddon will be a 1,000 years of peace called the millennium. Now, uh, before you go there, Go to Revelation 19, we're gonna back up, just just uh, beginning, of one, the end of one chapter. This is Revelation 19, 19. I'm just gonna repeat something here and wind her up, just to show you what happens here. And I saw the beast, everybody with me there? 19, 19, I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him. That is Jesus. And that's him that was on the horse that came with ten thousands of his saints in earlier scriptures here in this 19th chapter. We studied that last week. And it uh, says they gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. His army will be us who come back with him. When Jesus comes back the next time, he comes back for his church. He comes back in the air. The clouds would we'll rise to meet the Lord in the air. He never touches the earth, never comes to the earth only in the clouds and we rise to meet the lord in the air and so shall we so shall in the clouds so shall we ever be or in the air or up there in heaven so shall we ever be with the lord we do not yet know how we shall appear but we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is just as jesus has a glorified body instantly we will have a glorified body the bible says it will be changed you'll be like you are one day and instantly Uh, quicker than a second, Uh, the the blink of an eye, you'll be changed, we will be changed, God's people will be changed and have a glorified body and we'll go up to meet the Lord in the air. The dead in Christ shall rise first, the dead in Christ, those that have lived for the Lord for the last 2,000 years or even in the Old Testament as well, they will rise first and then we which are alive and remain shall be called to meet him in the air. That's the rapture, we call that the rapture of the church. And then we'll be with the Lord in heaven throughout the tribulation period. But at the end of this tribulation period, there is what was called Armageddon, when the Lord comes back, and this time He comes back to the earth. And when He does, He will come with ten thousands of His saints. That's us. And the Bible even talks about how they will be all in white, because white's the color of the Bride of Christ, and so forth. And uh, He'll come back with His church. And whenever he does, he'll put his foot down and where he will come down literally on the earth then will be on the east side of Jerusalem there on the Mount of Olives where Jesus went up. Remember when he ascended up the first chapter of the book of Acts and those angels appeared to those disciples disciples saw Jesus go up and they were looking up like that at him. And all of a sudden they looked and there was two angels standing there in their midst, two men dressed in white and they said to them uh, the heavens this same jesus that you see go up shall so come again in like manner now when jesus comes back at armageddon he comes back to that same spot and he sets his foot down on on this on the uh, on the mount of olives east of the of what is called the temple mount where the shrine of the rock and all that is now set his foot down there and the Bible says in Zechariah, and I'm quoting here, Zechariah 14, that that mountain is going to split over. will be east and west, half to the north, half to the south. And when that happens, water is going to come out. You hear me? I'm not, I'm not on. Thank you for telling me what's wrong here. Are we okay now? All right. You tell me. Okay. Don't, don't forget to tell me. You tell me too. If it, okay. I got you to look over here and I can see you. So just let me know. Uh, but the, that mountain will split open. And when it does water, that'll all happen in the, at the end of the, of the Armageddon and at the beginning of the millennial because instantly Jesus will set up a thousand years of peace on the earth. That's what I'm reading here in the scriptures to you right now. Now look at this the end of that Armageddon part here in 1919. I saw the beast, that's the Antichrist, and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army, which is the saints of God. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet, there's also gonna be a false prophet, that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast. And them that worshipped his image. You know the mark was the six 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 thing. This is all in the thirteenth chapter of Revelation, if you want to study it more detail. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Verse 21 and the remnant were slain with the sword of him. That's all the armies that are gathered from around the world with the Antichrist against Jerusalem. And that remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat on the horse, with uh, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. We said it about that last week. And how all these fowls would be. We also looked at Zechariah 14 says that they were... When they look up, the armies look up and see Christ, they will all come with, you know, whatever they have, spears, swords, guns, tanks, whatever they have. They're going to fight God and they're going to fight Israel. And they'll look up and they'll see Jesus coming on the horse. And the Bible says in Zechariah 14 that when they see him, his brightness and glory will consume the eyes out of their sockets and their tongues out of their mouths and they'll fall as dead men on the ground. They're just it won't be a fight. It won't be it just be over with. Just the glory of God will do it. I won't go into detail on that. That's further to do with the Armageddon. Now, I want to go into chapter 20 here of Revelation because this is about the 1000 years of peace. I have a reason for talking about this here a week before Christmas, okay? And look at I mean a few days before Christmas. Look at 20 and 1 chapter 20 and verse 1 and uh and it says i saw an angel come down from heaven having the key to of the bottomless pit and of a great chain in his hand and he laid hold on the dragon that old serpent which is the devil and satan and bound him a thousand years everybody see the word thousand years bound him a thousand years and cast him to the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. I'm pointing out to you here that this is where the thousand years is mentioned, how long it will be. Because in the Old Testament, when it talks about this period of time, it doesn't say how long it will be. But here it talks about it being a thousand years, and it mentions it as well. Uh, down in verse four if you look there very quickly and i saw the thrones and they set upon them and judgment was given unto them and i saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of jesus this is the jews under the antichrist now the, the witness of jesus and for the word of god and which had not worshiped the beast the antichrist neither his image neither had received his mark the 666 thing upon their foreheads or in their hands and they lived and reigned with christ a thousand years now who were these people just to give you a real quick uh, reference to that if you look back very quickly here to revelations 13 15, 13 15 i'm sort of trying tying some loose ends here and it says and he had power to give life unto the image. This is the the uh, the beast and the false prophet. He had power to give life unto the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should both speak and come. And cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. All right. So this is where those people were killed back here. They were killed. They were And there be Jews of course. That's brought out in the book of Daniel. I won't go any further with that. But if you'll also look now in Revelation 15, you're in 13 there. If you look in 15.2, this is what it says about those same people. And I saw as it was a sea of glass mingled with fire and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name. And of course, they had to pay their life for it. Stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. This is their resurrection here and they sing the song of Moses. They're Jews, the servant of the Lord of God and the song of the lamb. That means they're Christians. Now they believe in Jesus Christ. So I'm just pointing out to you here that these people who will be slain for the word of God, the testimony they hold during that uh, antichrist period of time. The Lord now is going to raise them up over here in chapter 20. So I'm going back to this fourth verse in chapter 20 here, and it talks about the Lord. Uh, These were beheaded for a witness of Jesus. And reading that again. This is 20 and 4. You got it. Thank you. I'm jumping down in the middle of it to save time. They were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. Which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, nor received his mark on their foreheads, or received their hand, and they lived a thousand years with Christ. Okay, so when they're going to also be among this group. Now, look at uh, verse six: Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on which the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God, kings of him, and shall reign with him a thousand years. A thousand years is mentioned there again, and then in verse seven. And when the thousand years are expired, then it talks about the thousand years expired. So we're ca- talking about the thousand years. Now, nowhere does the word millennial or millennium either way ever appear in the Bible. But it, re- it means it comes from the Latin term meaning a thousand and it means a thousand years, a thousand years. So this is the thousand years that it's speaking of. This is why the Bible talks so extensively about it. Uh, in these scriptures and uh, we mentioned to you here about this book of Revelation here and the thousand years Armageddon happens here and then immediately the thousand years is set up and God uh, rules and reigns on the earth a thousand years Satan will be on a thousand and folks it will be a glorious time to live on this earth you and I will be with Christ and we'll be a new Jerusalem. And we'll have a glorified body like as unto his glorified body. What our reward will be will be higher than anything that will be on this earth. Now somebody's asking me, where would New Jerusalem be? Will it be way above the earth? Will it be just above the earth? Will it be on the earth? Be honest with you, I don't know. But wherever it is, that's where I want to be with Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> You've heard that song, just build me a cabin in the corner of glory land. Well, you won't have no cabin up there to be a mansion, believe me. Praise the Lord. And I'm telling you that, can you hear me? Is my mic on? Okay. I'm just telling you that this wonderful salvation, the Lord is going to bring it to a close here. And you and I have something, folks, that the world doesn't have. And this is the presence of the spirit and the power of God that's within us. Now. Uh i i'm going to go over here to uh luke for a moment (coughs) excuse me luke with me. luke chapter two this is the christmas story and i want you to go to two eight with me i'm sort of jumping down the bottom of our lesson here this is what you'd pick up if you look down in uh in uh, two uh, down to part C here, but I'm just going to skip down to this now and come back to the other things. Look at chapter two and verse seven, this is the Christmas story. She brought forth her firstborn son, everybody with me and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them. In the inn. now, verse eight. And there was, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field. Notice that, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Uh, usually, in the wintertime, the shepherds were in, they were in, back in the city, in the camp, in the, in the village. But at summertime, they were in that, out here in the nighttime. That's why they believe that Jesus' birth actually probably was in the summertime. I'll leave that with you, whatever it's worth. And it says verse 9, and lo, the angel, notice it says angel, not angels, but one angel, singular. Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, the shepherds. So the glory and the light was all around the shepherds with one angel there. All right? And they were sore afraid. And the angel, the angel, the one angel that was there, said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you, and look what he said he's bringing them, good tidings of great joy, great joy, which shall be to all people, everybody. For unto you is born this day the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Okay? So I'm bringing you great joy, giving you great joy. Great tide, good tidings to bring it to you to all people. And then in verse twelve, and this shall be a sign unto you: you shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly, verse thirteen. Now look at this. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. Now there's a bunch of angels. One gave him the message. Then there's a whole bunch of them present. And they were not singing, as you often see in our stories that we present. They were praising God and saying, praising and saying. And this is what they were saying. Verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Here's the message that was given to those shepherds. The Christ, the Lord is born and it is great joy to all people on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And yet in the world today, there's not joy in the whole world. There's wars and rumors of wars and fighting confusion and hatred and malice and strife. And it continues to be that way. And yet by the angel said he brought great joy to all people then it went on to say here and on the earth peace peace Uh, uh, where's peace you know i was a boy in world war ii they say between 55 million to 80 million people died in world war ii that's just one war probably the greatest war that we've had up to this point but anyhow i'm just talking about the condition of the world that we're in today so what is this peace that he's talking about what is this joy that he's talking about. What is, is this uh, great uh, uh, mercy and goodness that he's had here? That he talks about. Now, I want you to look here um, in a I'm looking at this part right here. Characteristics of Armageddon. See characteristics of Armageddon. Here's handouts I'm going to hand to you about. Now we're going back not Armageddon, but characteristics of the Millennium. I'm handing you out a sheet of paper about the Millennium. Everybody with me? Millennium. This is characteristics of the millennium. You've had one about the characteristics of the Antichrist. You had one about the characteristics of Armageddon. This is one that's the characteristics of the thousand years of peace or millennium as we refer to it. And this is what will be during the thousand years of peace. And what I'm going to show you here in the scriptures here today, and this is my basic thought that I'm giving you. And that is... That the characteristics of the millennium can be in us. In the kingdom of God in our lives, it can be in us. Oh, you got your hands up for the paper. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Keep your hands up for your, your handouts. Don't forget these people over in here. There's several of them right down in here. Keep, put your hand up high. Make sure you get one of these and keep these. We may never come this way again. Never pass this way again. Who knows, you know. Keep these in your notes. I've given you papers. We've gone all the way through the book of Revelation down to this point. And uh, I want you to look with us in. uh, Let me get that. I'm not going to refer to any scripture. I'm just going to show this to you on the overhead, characteristics of the millennium. That's what you're being handed out now and uh if you'll notice there that in number one here all israel will turn back to god that happened during the thousand years of peace that's not where we are today no way two all jews will return to palestine that's not where we are today that's the millennium that's the thousand years of peace yet to come Three, living waters will flow out of Jerusalem, out of Jerusalem. But Jesus gives us living waters in the soul. Praise the Lord. He gives us living waters of the soul. And these are scriptures that talk about the thousand years of peace and waters that flow out of Jerusalem. Here's all of Zechariah 14. I mentioned that a while ago. Joel, Ezekiel, Revelation. No more wars. No more wars fought. These are scriptures that say that men will beat their swords in the plowshares and their spears in the pruning hooks. Two scriptures will give you there. Verse 5, people will live exceptionally long lives, Isaiah 65, 20, and 22. They live long times like they did before the flood. All animals will be vegetarians and will be harmless. This is interesting. This is brought out in Isaiah 11. It'll be a time of peace because the devil will be bound a thousand years. Now, what does that got to do with us, Brother Myers? What I'm going to point out to you here is that when Jesus came, praise the Lord, to bring peace and joy to the world, it was for whosoever will. If you look back in your notes here, I'm just those uh, characteristics you hang on to because I will not go into detail and go through all of those It's self-explanatory and you can study that on your own sometime but if you look at the scriptures that we're looking here at now jesus christ came the first time this is number two here right here back to that first lesson when jesus came the first time he brought to mankind the privilege to have a measure of the millennium within each of us we can have that within us okay uh look at daniel 244 in book of daniel 244 this is where Daniel was interpreting uh, to Nebuchadnezzar the, uh, the image that Nebuchadnezzar saw. Now look at this very closely here. And when Daniel was interpreting the image and how that it would be the Babylonian Empire, then the Media Persian Empire, and then it would be the Grecian Empire, then it would be the Roman Empire, and then it would come on down until the very, toward the end of time. He said during, the, during that period of time, especially during that Roman Empire period of time, look at 244 everybody there with me don't don't let me lose you right here because i won't tie this all together in a moment look in daniel 244 and in the days of these kings that's these kingdoms that shall rise and fall come and go the days of these kings shall the god of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed which shall never be and and the kingdom shall not be left to other people that is to the gentile world but it shall break in pieces and consume all things all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever praise the lord and then he went on to say that it was sure and nebuchadnezzar of course appreciated daniel extensively and made him a high official in his kingdom now the reason i'm pointing all this out is that daniel was the first to say that god was going to set up a kingdom now, when, if you look at your verses of scripture that we've got there, uh, we go on to say here that John the Baptist, look at B here, look at part B right here. John the Baptist and Jesus confirmed the kingdom of God on earth. They confirmed it. In other words, they had come to bring it, Jesus came to bring it, and that's when it would be set up. during. And that was way back when Jesus came, which was around 30, AD, 30 AD. That was in that first century. And uh, Augustus Caesar, Augustus, I think Augustus had passed on there. I think it was Tiberius was the emperor at that time, I think. And so Jesus in his ministry uh, labored and worked, praise the Lord, in that period of time. Now, I want you to go to Matthew chapter three and verse one and two, Matthew three. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Behold, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was preaching it way back there 2,000 years ago. I'll move on a little bit further here. Over in, uh, in Matthew 4 and 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is Jesus speaking. Now in Mark, the same verse of Scripture is said by Mark, and Mark uses the term Kingdom of God. So Kingdom of God, Kingdom of Heaven is the same. Matthew uses the term Kingdom of Heaven. Mark uses the term Kingdom of God, and Luke uses the term King of God. It, it means the same thing. And so in Mark uh, one fourteen through fifteen, Mark one fourteen through fifteen, I know I put those people to work up there quite a bit. Okay. now after that john was put in prison jesus came into the in galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of god okay so you say the kingdom of god i read, read the next verse 15th verses i think and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of god is at hand repent ye and believe the gospel so what i'm pointing out to you here is that when jesus came he brought the kingdom of god into to the earth he brought it and the Jews wanted that, especially the Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, those that uh, sort of run everything, but they didn't have, no, didn't have any consecration or anything. These men wanted the Messiah to come and set up an earthly kingdom. They wanted that thousand years of peace, though they did not know how long it would be or how anything about the thousand year factor. And they didn't know it would be called a millennium. All they knew, there would be a time in which God would reestablish Israel in their glory. And that's what they wanted their Messiah to be. But Jesus didn't come to bring that. He brought, came, praise the Lord, to bring healing. He came to bring salvation to the soul. Forgiveness of sins. Praise the Lord. And he would be their savior, amen, and save his people from their sins. They didn't want to admit they had sins. They didn't, we don't have no sin. We're fine. We're of Abraham. You know, that's what not, they, they, we want to be delivered from the Romans, not from our sins. But Jesus came to bring the Jews deliverance from their sins. And when they rejected it, he turned to the Gentiles. And that's what he's been doing for 2000 years, forgiving people and delivering them from their sins. And with that, he brings a touch of the millennium with that and puts it in our hearts. Amen. Puts it in our hearts. His kingdom on earth. His kingdom on earth. Praise the Lord. Uh let me have you go to our next verse here what we're looking at. I don't want to lose track of it myself. Look in Matthew uh thirteen ten. Matthew thirteen ten, if you'll turn there with us. Everybody's still with me. Okay. I've never taught this lesson before, so you're getting it for the first time. But it's a little bit of the millennium inside of us. A little bit of what's going to be on the earth one day. God's put that in the church. Look at, uh, this is Jesus still speaking here. Thirteen ten, The disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Them being the Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, and so forth. And then verse 11. He answered and said unto them, To his disciples, now he's talking to. Because it is given unto you, the disciples, my disciples, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it's not given. It's not given because their hearts are not right. That's what it's referring to. Jumping over very quickly here in that 13th chapter to verse 24, another parable put he forth saying unto them, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man that soweth good seed in his field. Jumping down to verse 31. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a grain of mustard seed. Notice how that Jesus is likening everything unto the kingdom of God, or making the kingdom of God likened unto things in this life. So that they understand that in all of God's creation, or all of God's nature, there is wisdom to understand about his spiritual kingdom that he's brought to the earth. Verse 33 Another parable put he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto. Eleven of a woman put in hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Talking about how the kingdom of God, you can't always see it, but it's working. It's there. It's doing its job. Praise the Lord, like leaven. And then finally verse 44, and I'll read this verse 45. "Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field. Verse 45, again the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. So Jesus likens it in so many ways that the housewife understands it. The farmer understands it. The uh, the merchant who buys and sells things understands it. Uh, the man who might be just going traveling around and finds a treasure, he understands it. It's, uh, it's, a, it's appealing to everybody so they understand that the Lord is bringing the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Now, what is the kingdom of heaven? You ready for that? You ready for it? I'm going to show you here what the scripture says. Go with me to Luke uh, chapter 17 and verse 20. This is Luke 17, 20, and this is right here in your notes, right here. 20 and 21. Everybody still with me? Praise the Lord. (laughs) You're a wonderful class. I love you guys. Praise the Lord. Look at this. Look at this verse of scripture here. Verse 20, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come. See, that's what they were interested in, but they wanted it to be on their terms. Jesus was bringing it on his terms. Look what he says. When shall the kingdom of God should come? He answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. You're not going to see it. Neither shall they say lo here or lo there. This is Jesus still speaking. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Within you. The kingdom of God is going to be within you. So he said it's not going to be like you're saying it's going to be here and there and everything. One other verse I want to do to confirm that. The Bible always says the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. In Romans fourteen, seventeen, very quickly. I'll have you go there, 1417. And then we're back to the coming of Christ here. For the kingdom of God, 1417, this is a very good verse. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's not the Old Testament trying to eat the right meats, to drink the right things and all that. They had certain drinks, they drink certain holy days and all, but righteousness and peace and joy. Look at that. That's what the angel was saying that he was bringing, isn't it? The angel said, I'm bringing you this to all men, to whosoever will. It says, but it is joy, peace and righteousness, joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's where it is—is is in the Holy Ghost. That is in the Church. So the Kingdom of God is the Church on Earth. Is the Church? God established that two thousand years ago. That's why He said, "You know, you know, to the, the, exactly whom do you say that I am?" They said, "Some say you're this, that, and the." And Peter spoke up, said, "Thou art the Christ." But whom say ye that I am? He said, "Thou art the Christ." He said, "You know." Uh, my father which in heaven has revealed this unto thee and he went on to tell him he said i said to thee, there are peter and upon this rock i'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it because in the book of daniel it says that the kingdom of god that's set upon the earth will outlast everything else it says it and it's in the word and jesus praise the lord said the kingdom of you know gates of hell shall prevail but it shall not prevail against it it'll try to push at you and the devil will try to get you to fail the lord and individually he will maybe tempt you here and there and try to work on you and get you to give up the lord but folks god has promised to give a little touch of that millennium inside of us we can have joy and you can have peace let me show you something we're talking about the holy ghost there uh let me let me have you go. Let's let's go let's go to this verse of scripture. Well, I got it in the scriptures here. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. If I can find it here, I don't have it. Just go to the board here. Matthew eleven twenty eight. we to read twenty-eight Matthew 11, and we're going to read, read between 28, 29, 30. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Look at the 29th verse. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Look at that 30th verse. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So this is the Lord saying, "Come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Now look in Isaiah 28:11. I'm sorry, Isaiah 11:28, Remember he ever said. is Isaiah 11:28. Go to that verse of scripture. This is Matthew 11:28. this is 20, yeah. Go to uh, Isaiah 28: 11. that's what I want. Isaiah twenty eight eleven. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak unto this people. The next verse. To whom he said, This is the rest. Stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. That's speaking in tongues. Everybody get that? That's speaking in tongues. That's Isaiah prophesying that the church will speak in tongues. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they, the Jews, would not hear. But it's for whosoever will. Some of the Jews did receive it. But the Gentiles then was given the opportunity to to receive it. This is the rest. So a thousand years would be a time of rest. Satan would be bound a thousand years. But you and I can have a touch. Of the millennium inside of us now. In being saved and having the Holy Ghost inside of us. Now there is a rest and I could give you scriptures in Hebrews a lot of about the rest of God. But God wants us to have a rest. Now, sometimes you can become frustrated. Sometimes you can become uh, harassed. Sometimes you can be troubled. And when you that happens to you, folks, it's time to push things aside and go to God in prayer Amen. and say, Jesus, you promised me rest. You promised me your joy. And I know I can have that in your spirit that's within me. And, folks, we should seek the Lord and say, God, give us that joy. Give us that rest. Give us that peace. Because when that angel came and told those shepherds, that he had come to bring this to all men. It's for whosoever will. Will all men have it? No. But it was it is for all. I mean men and women. Men men mean man in the Bible means mankind. To all mankind, this is brought that they can have rest, they can have joy, they can have peace. So when you lay down at night, you're not troubled, you can go to sleep. Praise the Lord. And you can, be, you can be content with people. You know, the Bible says to forgive and forget. Uh, I don't think the Bible says forget. I think it just says forgive. It says forget, we say forgive and forget. I don't think the Bible even says forget. You can't forget some things, right? But it does say to forgive. Sometimes you forgive you may not forget, but you don't have to carry a grudge. You just say, God, I pray for that person. You know, every one of us has people in our lives or somebody in our life back there that we just had to pray for and say, God, I'll leave it with you. But we can have peace and we can have the joy. And when you come to the house of God, you can lift your hands and say, Jesus, I want your joy in my heart and my soul. And so we have a little bit of the millennium within us. And that's the title of our lesson today, the millennium. Within us, praise the Lord, before it even gets here. And of course, we will see that when it does happen, we'll be with Christ. But let me just say this even when it does come, praise the Lord, it'll be something that we will partake of then fully. But until then, we can have a measure of that in our hearts by being in the kingdom of God and having the kingdom of God within us. Aren't you glad for what God's given the people of God? Thank God for the church. Let's everybody stand together and let's lift our hands and praise him. You've been a good class here today. We appreciate you so much. Thank God for the beautiful time of Christmas.